0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: What's going on, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Today we got a fun episode for you if you are studying for the PE exam. Uh, we want to dive into all the... Exam test taking strategies we can think of to help you prepare to take the Civil PE exam. So I came up with an awesome, awesome list for you. I've got my brother joining me as well, Mark, and we discuss all of the exam and test taking strategies as you prepare for the Civil PE exam. It's uh, it's a good it's a good one. I think you're gonna like it. Hope you all had a wonderful Fourth of July, uh, as I have minus the water heater blowing up on me, Uh, you know, stuff happens. But it's going to be a good one. Anyway, hope you had a good time. I know I did as well. Uh, Speaking of the PE guys, if you guys need any additional resource or help, feel free to email me, Isaac at com. Or if you need, uh, you know, exams or other material, go check out civilengineeringacademy.com. We even have a full review course for you if you want it at civilpeereviewcourse.com. Go take advantage of that. It's all built to help you. But I think you'll enjoy this episode as we discuss these strategies. I know I learned something as I prepared it, and I think you'll learn something if you are preparing for the PE as well. And that is all coming right up. Hey, guys, before we keep going, I want to tell you about the best resource to help study for the civil PE exam, and that is the ultimate civil PE review course that we at Civil Engineering Academy have developed for you. If you need some hand-holding, this is the course to get that will take you from point A to B or Z or whatever you want to call it. What it's going to give you is results. And uh, we developed this from the ground up, right from the specs from NCES and gives you everything you need to pass the civil PE exam. Practice exams, depth exams, 100, over 150 video practice problems, lecture modules, uh, a homework planner, equation reference guide. It's all there for you. Go check it out at civilpereviewcourse.com. That's civilpereviewcourse.com. And we have built that from the ground up to help you ace this exam promise it will help you. So go check it out. Hey guys, we also have another resource for you and that is our partner PPI. If you're interested in getting uh, additional exam material for the FE or PE, go check them out at civilengineeringacademy.com slash PPI and use our discount code of CIVAC and you'll save 15% off any book that you order there. I believe that also works for their learning hub, uh, but they also have lots of other materials. So go check them out. That's civilengineeringacademy.com slash PPI. Mm-hmm. All right, what's up, everybody? So today I got Mark back on with me, and we are hey guys. Out. Hey, what's up? And today we're we're going to talk about some awesome PE exam strategies uh, as you're preparing for the PE exam. So I think between the two of us, we could uh, share some some wisdom.
0: We ought to be able to do something. Yeah.
1: Cool. So you know, just to start this out, um, I just want to recap, I guess, a little bit. Uh, about the PE exam. And that is uh, a few statistics. So typically in a year, there's about 15,000 test takers that go through and take, take this exam. Um, You know, quite a bit, maybe it's less than you think it is. Maybe it's more, I don't know. Um, But anyway, there's about 15,000 test takers. Uh, I would say on average, if you look at all the pass rates, it usually bounces between as low as like 58% up to you know 68%. And so I would say on average, you're about 65% passing the first time you take the exam. So uh, let's, uh, there's a total of 80 questions. Uh, they're all worth the same point value. So it doesn't matter if it's an easy question, it doesn't matter if it's a hard question, uh, you need to get an answer on it, on everything. Because they're it's not really- weighted
0: differently, huh?
1: Yeah, they're all the same.
0: All the same.
1: And then, uh, you know, historically, typically you need about 56 points. So 56 out of 80, which is going to give you about a 70% to pass. Now, the, you know, there's some statistical modeling they might do. They might throw out a problem. They might say you only need 54 to pass, but um, those are things we don't, you know, typically know about. So, uh, on average, I think you need about a 70% or 56% to pass this exam. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, that's the stats I've
1: always heard. Cool. Um, and then, typically, for the hours you need to put into studying for this, uh, you need to put in anywhere between 12 and 20 hours a week. And, you know, we always refer people to study uh, 20 hours. Uh, this ends up becoming for you basically a part-time job. If you can put 15 to 20 hours in there, then I think you're giving yourself the best possible chance. So what does that equate to? That equates to doing problems like during the week. That also means you're doing studying on the weekends. Uh-oh, so,
0: Uh-oh. weekend studying.
1: Yeah, not fun, but you got to do it.
0: You got to do it. In fact, uh, that's that's reminding me of my my uh, regimen when I was studying, and uh I, I I blocked out a couple hours every night plus weekends. So,
1: yeah, and you know, just a tip. I think some employers, you know, if this is a goal for you, it's also a goal for them because the value of typical employees is you know you getting your license. Some of them are willing to work with you and allowing you to do a little bit of studying there sometimes, That's as long true. as your job is caught up or whatnot. That's true. Is that true?
0: Yeah, I I had that opportunity as well. Plus my employer paid for any of my reference materials and the cost of the test and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I was the same way. They paid for a lot of reference material. They paid for my exam. So these, you know, employers want you to get this. So take advantage of that and make sure you're putting in the time to get this because it's going to be a value to them and to you. So Mark, what about the, uh, let's take a look at the spec of the breath problems, how how they're broken down.
0: It's, it's kind of interesting how they break these down, but 30% are construction problems. So for better, for worse, uh, the majority of the breath problems come from the construction topic. Um, we get 25% from the geotechnical area of civil engineering, 20% structural which uh, I, I personally like uh, 7.5% from transportation and uh, 17.5% is uh, both water resources and environmental uh, grouped together. But um, why is there so much, uh, why, why, why is construction so heavily weighted here, Isaac? We've got, um, is that cause it's uh, a little tougher than everything else? And they, want- well, I, I well, as you know, I think these
1: specs change every six years or so when they reevaluate them. And in the past, it's been that I think water resources and environmental had their own categories, <clears throat> they were separated. Yeah, they were. Um, and then they revisited that and they realized, oh man, uh, I guess civil engineers actually do a lot of construction.
0: And so. <laughs> That is true. I'm one, of, I'm one of them. So
1: they revamped it, and now you've got 30 percent, so the majority of your questions for the breadth exam come from construction-type problems. So I, I, you, know, I think that's where the emphasis is for civil engineering. Um, not that I think water resources or environmental is like been diminished at all. It's still a good chunk of the exam.
0: So but, you think they they substantially then they're looking at the population of civil engineers and what are they all emphasizing or where where uh where what industries are they working in and they're proportioning things based on that.
1: I think so. And okay. I think they listen to academia, you know, they do their polling and they find out where people are working and I okay. think they adjust these exams based on that.
0: Okay, that makes yeah.
1: sense. Now the problem with that though is um You know, if you look at the depth exam pass rates for construction, they have the worst pass rates. So you get the most problems in the morning, but you get the worst pass rates for the afternoon. So maybe there's a red flag there we might want to talk about. Well,
0: yeah, and that's interesting because I can see construction being that's that's obviously where I work and um, I can see it pulling in geotechnical, structural transportation. I mean, it pulls in from every one of the disciplines within civil engineering. Um, Maybe that's why it's so tough.
1: I think so. I think people think it's going to be the easiest topic and then they end up getting slapped in the face because they realize there's a lot of stuff here. It's usually more wordy than the other depth exams. Yeah. not, not that there's like tricky stuff there, but you know, more wordy problems make it a little more difficult to comprehend right. what they're asking for all that jazz. So yeah. anyway, so how do we, speaking of depth exams, let's talk about how we select a depth exam that we wanted to take. So what what do you think about this?
0: Well, I like, uh, I like looking at what you're doing uh, um, is probably your, your first consideration. If you're a, a, an engineer that's, you know, working in the structural arena, then maybe that's uh, the direction you want to go. Cause that's what you're, that's what you're familiar with. You're being exposed to that every day. You're working, uh, those types of problems and, um, maybe that's, that's the direction you want to go. And the same thing happens if, you know, you're a, a transportation engineer. Um, that's what you're familiar with. So it just goes to, Stands to reason that uh, that would be the direction you want to go. Yeah, I would say whatever's
1: going to help you further your career is probably the one you want to you want to go with. And if you're doing it, then all the better. So
0: uh, yeah, perfect, perfect. You got You you got. You're starting to get a handle on your 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 material already, and uh, so why not head in that direction?
1: Cool. So let's further dive into this. So another question we should probably be asking ourselves if you're thinking about depth exams is what kind of uh, topics uh, are you going to be handling? What kind of diversity of problems you're going to be dealing with? Um, and I think the question here goes along with one of our other points is really how much kind of support material do you have that, that ties in with your depth exam? Uh, if you look at the Civil Engineering Reference Manual, which is a massive manual, got some back here. Um, if you look into each of those topics, you can see that like the structural depth exam provides a ton of um, support material in the CERM. Water resource is a huge chunk of the SERM. Transportation is pretty good size. So you get a lot of support in those topics. Geotech is, is not as much, but there's also not as, you know, maybe you don't need as much there. Um, and then construction, there's very little construction support, but like Mark said, I think you hit a ton of topics within all of those. So, yeah. you know, it it's helpful to know what kind of material you have uh, at your fingertips to help support you.
0: So. Yeah, no, that's all good stuff. It's just, uh, what about uh, Isaac? What if, what if you have a, a group of uh, individuals that you are working with, maybe you've got several other I'll call them colleagues that are trying to get the the PE as well. Would it make sense to get with those individuals and have them sure. be your study buddies?
1: Yeah. Well, if you um, run, I think that makes waste a lot of sense.
0: Especially if you're, you know, heading into the same topic for your depth exam. Yeah, it for sure. Sense to do some of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great idea. Uh, if you can gather with other people, especially at your own workplace, that makes it really convenient.
0: Um, yeah, and that's helpful when uh, you're somebody that's motivated by, you know, uh, that group dynamic. Um I So don't know, I I that that's I was motivated that way at least uh, at least in my school career. Um yeah. And there's ways of getting with other people. I know um
1: you know, your local ASCE sometimes have like a student chapter or something. You can get true. people there. So there's ways of finding groups. Um crap you can even join our private, or not a private, but our, our Facebook group for Civil Engineering Academy, Absolutely. ceacommunity.com. Go join them. Absolutely. We'll get you in there, and there'll be some PE test takers. Um, another question you want to think about when you're selecting your depth exam is the standards that go along with these, and if you are actually familiar with them. So I want to kind of just break this down, but if you look at the water resources um, you actually have zero references for water resources and it does have a lot of support material in the CIRM. So maybe that's a, you know, if you're questioning which depth exam you're taking, that might be one you want to look at. And if you actually look at the pass rates, historically, water resource has a pretty good pass rate, um, uh, probably more might, than average. Yeah. <clears throat> that might be why, huh? Yeah. Um, the other one is, uh, you know, looking at construction, that requires nine references. There's little support in the um, or it's scattered all over the place, you know. So, you know, that one can be tricky. Structural, I say if you're working structural, you're in it and you should know the references. There's 10 references that you need for that one. And there's tons of civil engineering reference manual support. In fact, they've built a whole separate manual for structural engineers, so <laughs> there's a ton of structural support
0: yeah, they for have.
1: Those. And then you got Transpo, which has the most references. That's 11 references. There is good support um, material in the Civil Engineering Reference Manual for that um, as well. And I know a lot of people do take transportation and a lot of these references, most transportation engineers, I believe are very familiar with them. So even yeah, though there is they, a lot, they have them. They know all those
0: tow standards and references and uh, there's a lot of them, but they know how to get through them.
1: Yep. And then uh, lastly is Geotech, which I believe just has two references now. It used to be zero, but I think it does have two now that they list. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot there. I think if you know what a factored load is, um, cause they live at less to seven now, but if you, a uh, you know, know what 1.2 dead and 1.6 live is, then I think you're covered for the geotech. <laughs> um, speaking of the CIRM though, if you do need the CIRM, go use our, uh, code and website civilengineeringacademy.com slash ppi will take you to ppi's website and you can use our discount code of civac and get 15 percent off any book you get there so the CERM's is a great book it's kind of the go-to resource from for studying this stuff and uh, if you don't have it then go get it um mm-hmm. mark let's talk about during the exam what are, what are we going to do here
0: Okay, so here we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the strategy. Once you're into the exam, what do we do? Um, the big one is uh, working the problems as they come. So um, just take them one at a time as they're presented to you. Um, if it's something that uh, you're a little nervous about, you haven't seen it before, then skip it. Don't let that compromise your general uh, progress on the test. Just... Take those problems as they come. You can't handle it right at that moment, and a lot of times I've I've been in situations where I've taken tests. When I get a first look at a problem, makes me a little nervous. I'm like, oh man, how am I going to tackle that? But as you go through the material on the test, it kind of gets uh, the juices flowing and jogs your memory, and you can go back and handle those ones that uh, that you've skipped probably a little better. Perfect. Yeah. You want to Um, talk about the second one here, Isaac?
1: Yeah, so I think an important part of going through this is when you're going through the exam, you know, you're going to take it as it comes to you. If you don't recognize it, skip it. But naturally, what you're doing is when you're looking at the first, say, problem number one, you're quickly in your mind, you're already categorizing the problem. You're already thinking about where you saw it. what category it fits into, and what they're trying to ask you. So, you know, if it's a transportation, horizontal curve problem, you've automatically categorized it to figure out in your mind what you need to do to solve that problem. And that comes with practice. That's really what you're doing, practicing problems so you can quickly categorize
0: what they're asking you. That's a good point. That's a good point. And then when you've done that, you know where to look things up quickly in the CIRM and find that reference material that you need right for sure and um one of the ways that uh, you can utilize the server is is to get familiar with the index that's there so you can quickly reference topics um i actually had uh i uh, was just you know remembering uh, back when i took the p uh, my wife actually helped me with uh, a custom index and she, she's a really fast typer and she's really good at organizing things. And so she put those two skills together to help me out on, on just creating like this massive comprehensive, comprehensive index that I could look up any keyword in that sucker. And it would immediately reference me to, to the right location in the CIRM and I could access information really quickly. Um, and it worked great. It was a great, wow. great resource.
1: Well, I wish we all had a wife like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm lucky. She's uh, awesome. Yeah, I use the index quite a bit. And the where that came into play with me was really on the theory questions. I'd pick out that one key term they were talking about. And, it, you know, because theory, you'd either need to go look it up or do a quick refresh on it. So the index came in handy for me on that but i think in general most students you know if you're studying for this you're going to be tabbing up the CERM quite heavily with general topics i mean my tip for that would be kind of to color code each, color code each section you know maybe water resources is you know blue and transportation's yellow and or whatever you want to do but you're you're going to tab this sucker up it's going to look crazy but you're going to have it uh you'll be well familiar with the book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I got into that. Uh, I, I had just a mess of tabs and that's, that's actually what prompted uh, my wife to do that custom index for me. Uh, I was, I was overly tabbed. <laughs> it was getting nuts. Yeah. I took
1: a picture <laughs> of my book and I've seen it floating around on the internet. It's being used, but yeah, it's tabbed like crazy. Everybody yeah. does that. So it's good. Yeah. Um, You know, speaking of a good reference, we actually do have a created what's called the Ultimate Equation Reference Guide, and I've gone in and pulled out the most common equations that people have used in the CERM, put it in a nice little guide for you. Uh, If that's something you're interested in, go find it at our website, civilengineeringacademy.com, and you can even use our discount code um, to get $5 off. It's called Discount5Me. That's the number five. Discount5Me. Get five bucks off of that. But uh, a lot of people have liked that equation reference guide as a quick uh, reference so they don't have to thumb through the entire CERM. It's just right there in front of you. So, um, anyway, check that out. So, we're going to take basically three passes at this exam. We're going to make sure nothing is blank. Um, I would suggest that it's okay to guess on some of these problems as you're going through the exam. Um, You can mark that problem if you do have a question and want to come back to it, but I would not recommend stress guessing. And that means, you know, we've got five minutes left on the exam. I've got 10 more problems to do and I'm just slapping everything on B or whatever. Um, You've just kind of shot yourself a little bit by not even looking at those problems. And I don't think you want to do that. So, you know, there is a little bit of a strategy to guessing, but. Yes. Let's talk about these little numbers.
0: Stress guessing doesn't, uh, you shouldn't be into that situation until I would say like the very last minutes of the test where just in the effort of not leaving anything blank, that's the only stress quote stress guessing you should ever be doing. Right. Stress guess. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, what about these uh, we pulled some of these
1: numbers from yeah. the NCS practice exams
0: yeah this is interesting as we're talking about guessing um it, it, they've kind of broken down NCES has broken down the percentage of answer a b c and d's that are offered on a on any particular you know question and the percentages are are uh, interesting so um If we've got on the on the depth exam, right, Isaac? Because we're uh, yeah. So so this
1: is comprised of all the depth exams. um, How many A's? How many B's were there? How many C's were there? How many D's were there? As an option, this is to help you realize like what the best multiple choice selection might be if you were to break all of these down.
0: Yeah, and so there was 52 A's, 62 B's, 75 C's, and 51 D's were the correct answers, right? Mm-hmm. So the majority of the, uh, you know, C was the correct answer for the majority of the questions, 75 of them. And um, so just kind of interesting that in a real real uh, testing situation, maybe, uh, maybe C is uh, the one you should guess, especially if you're... If you're stress guessing at the very, very end, your probability yes. of getting the right answer is probably right there on uh, answer C.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's <laughs> going to be an indication of the real exam, but it could be. Yeah, uh, But I do think in general though, our recommendation is to stick with one letter if you are gonna guess, yes. Yeah.
0: So if you're you're guessing and C is the one that you've picked beforehand, just stick with that one every time. If you guess the same letter every time, again, your probability of getting the right answer is is increased. So,
1: but hopefully you're not guessing on too many. No, hopefully. No. Okay. So as part of this, let's talk a little bit about units on the exam. Um, I think this is kind of interesting because on the AM portion of the exam, they tell you that they are going to test you on both SI and U.S. units that will be used, um, you know, so be prepared for that. But what, what about the PM exam?
0: Well, the PM um, has primarily, your, you know, your U.S. customary units, right, or your U.S. units, um, I think, are the, the primary focus there, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's probably driven from, uh, not only academia, but, um, what real life practice, uh, currently in the United States, we're still, we're still using those U S customary units. That's what everybody's comfortable with. Um, that's what I'm comfortable with despite the fact that, uh, you know, SA units fundamentally are obviously easier to use on, um, on a theoretical level or a fundamental level, but, uh, in here in the United States, that's just what everybody's used to. And so I think that's probably where how that's getting driven. What you say, Isaac? Yeah, I agree. I think what's
1: interesting about the NCES though, is that they specifically list that the structural depth exam uses the U.S. units. Um, but if you go look at the rest of the depth exams, they don't, they don't tell you. Uh-huh. And so everyone's like, well, what units is are they going to ask me? What are they going to do? And right. so I think you're right, though. Um, they will test you more on U.S. units um, for your depth exams. And uh, I also think what's interesting is that, you know, if you go back to the FE, typically your units have been SI units that they tested you on for the FE. So it actually flips the script. So you were, you got used to the SI stuff in school and now you're in practice. Uh, we're going to test you on using U S units mainly.
0: Yeah. So that makes sense.
1: That's, that's kind of the units question. Um, let's jump into, let's say we all already, we've practiced our problems. We're getting ready for exam day. How are we organizing now all of our resources?
0: Well, uh, you know the big, the eight hundred pound gorilla. The big one is the the serm, of course. That's kind of your outline. It's like your template uh, to help organizing um, all the subject matter and uh, and frankly, your your studying efforts, right, Isaac? It's like yeah, the outline.
1: That's kind of what you're going to use. There has been more competition uh, I'm noticing coming. Um, School of PE actually has a book um, that I've. Uh, Talked to you know and looked at and um, they're actually creating a depth book as well. So you've got you know there's more competition out there, more resources, but the Serm has always kind of been the go-to resource. If anybody was interested in looking at the School of Pe's manuals as well, you can go to civilengineeringacademy.com/sope to go check out theirs. But they do have a breadth book. But yeah, the Serm's the the gorilla. That's the one you're going to be studying. Yeah.
0: And as things change to computer-based, uh, testing, right. For, uh, when is it 2023 when 2023
1: we're switching over.
0: Yeah. Where, um, there's actually going to be something similar to the FE reference handbook, but it's going to be the PE reference handbook. Right. And ultimately that will be the only reference material ever be able to use. um, Which throws in another little dynamic here because it'll be interesting to see how the CIRM changes maybe to match the the PE reference handbook or uh, maybe like you're saying, maybe there'll be other competitors that, uh, I don't know, structure a a better study resource that'll kind of conform to that new standard. I don't know. Yeah, I mean,
1: if you want to talk about the future, you know, uh, as we go computer-based, there there will be a a PE reference handbook, and it will be a closed book exam except for that. So your go-to resource will be that book that you'll want to reference equations from. But also, you need to practice problems. And I think the CIRM still provides you a great reference, you know, for work as well. It's 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 a good book to have just in your office place. Absolutely. But I, you know, the CERM could edit their book to reference equations from their manual, and I don't see why they couldn't reference where it is in the handbook for people as well.
0: But right, you know, it'll just be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so first we're gonna organize that CERM, make
1: sure it's tabbed, make sure you've you're very familiar with it. And then you've, you've studied a ton of problems. So what's the best way to, to organize all these problems you've now got?
0: Well, to organize the problems. Yeah. Um, I just throwing them in a binder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I've, uh, so you want them for like reference as you're actually, uh, going through the test and going back and saying, Hey, I worked that problem before. Let's yeah. see what I, let's see what I did. Um, yeah, I mean a binder's a great idea. Uh I you know, I'm I'm kind of confessing some things here, but I, I wasn't that organized, and I probably should have been. <laughs> I really leaned on the serum quite a bit for my my practice problems. And because I when I went through and studied, I mean, I'm looking at the serum and I'm studying all the examples, I'm doing all the practice problems, and so that was kind of my, my notebook for, for my practice problems, but, um, but it is a, it's a great idea to, if you're, if you're kind of manually working things onto the, on the side, uh, you know, work those problems. But if, if the CERM is going to be your main uh, reference material during the text, just make sure that, uh, you can quickly access your, your written problems that you've done, you know, by hand off to the side that, so you can make a quick correlation there if you need to. Right. Yeah. Um, from the serum to your practice problem.
1: I think if you can organize them based on categories, you know, sh- transportation, structural, uh, et cetera. Um, and you know, when you quickly realize that you've got a problem that you've solved before, some people want to go find a similar problem that they've studied, which is totally fine. Um, but yeah, you just want to have those, those things organized. And you could even, like Mark said, you know, have the Serm and your practice problems correlate with each other. So you can quickly go back and forth between the yeah. two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what I would do. And then
1: you got to have your specs. You got to have your reference manuals for that, which is usually where people bring in their suitcases full of books.
0: Yeah. So how many books did you bring in Isaac when you
1: honestly, so three. I did the geotech, depth exam and um, I didn't bring one reference manual with me because I selected that one at the time and yeah it does list two specs now but every question I had that was from OSHA was found in the CERM. anything that dealt with an ASCE 7 reference was also in the CERM. so I brought zero reference manuals for me but if I was doing structural or construction yeah. Yeah, I did.
0: I did structural. And so I had all my AISC manuals, my ACI manuals, my ASC 7. I had an IBC. Um, What else did I have? I mean, I had about I had about 10, 10 references that I brought in. Um, Didn't uh, there were some people uh, in my group there that uh, I mean, they had like milk crates on dollies just full of reference material that they had. They had drug in, but, um, um, I, I tried to keep it to a minimum, but I knew that I would need, you know, some reference material on the, on the structural depth.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and then lastly, you know, as you organize all those specs, um, you want to, I think you want to bring in, I, I always recommend this for your specific depth exam, you're going to have specific depth, depth books. So if you're taking water resources, bring a good, you know, hydrology and hyd- hydraulics book that you can reference out of. Um, and, it, you know, that applies to all the disciplines. So make sure you have a good book that you can bring with you so that you're not getting caught off guard on your depth exam when they throw a theory question that's not in the CERN. So something like that. But that's really it. So those four areas, you should be good um, in organizing your stuff. So, good, top. good tips. Good tips there. And lastly, let's talk about the exam day. Um, I'll just hit one. The first one here. You know, it's exam day. Make sure you've given yourself plenty of sleep the night before. Making sure we're we're getting in the right.
0: Yeah. What um, did you do the night hours? before the test, Isaac? What did you do?
1: Oh man. Uh, so. I think a night or two before, like I just turned, turned off the study mode. You know, I didn't want to study any more problems. you if you, if you don't know it by then, you don't know it and you need to give <laughs> your mind a break. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's my thoughts there. So I don't know. What did you do?
0: Um, I, I did the same thing. I I was at the point where I was just, you know, what if I haven't, if I don't know it I don't know it, I've got to get my mind kind of off of it, just at least for that night. Um, and try to, I don't know, think about something else. Um, just so I can get some sleep. Um, I wouldn't recommend, you know, taking, uh, some, some, uh, sleeping pills or something the night before <laughs> saying, Oh, I got to get a good sleep. I better take uh... something. Cause you'll be some you know, ambient. Yeah. You'll be groggy and kind of lethargic in the morning, but you got I to guess, allow you allow yourself to get some good, good rest the night before. I guess we should say, try to get try. good
1: sleep. Cause yeah. your mind's going to be busy. Um, as you go into the exam though, the next thing I want to talk about is just kind of understanding where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, you know, if you're taking transportation depth, you should be able to knock out every breadth transportation question that's thrown at you. And if your weakness is geotech, then you know you understand that. So when you see a problem that comes up that you suck at, let's you know, make sure you understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. You're not going to know everything. That's just You can't.: You're not. <laughs> so yeah, you have to admit that as an engineer. I thought you knew everything, Isaac. You will not know everything. Yeah. Um, and like we said, get through the exam. Just as we mentioned, go through those passes. Get through it. Um, that's just part of it. Um, you know, you're going to be nervous. Let let your nerves calm down. Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's in the same struggle. Some have taken it. This is their first time. Some this is their eighth time. And people are all over the place. So, you know, calm down. We'll get through it. Yeah. Um, let go of the difficult problems that you really suck at. So if you are stuck on a problem, just let it go, man. And,
0: And don't let it be a point of getting, of, of letting you, you know, get discouraged. It's like, I, I, I personally have the tendency to do like, Oh man, I don't know that one. You know, there's something wrong with me. What's what's going on. Don't, don't think like that. Just let it go. You can't know everything like Isaac said. Just let it go and move on. Get to the ones that you can tackle.
1: Yep. And that goes along with just don't get stuck. Keep moving forward. Don't get stuck. You got to get through the exam. Okay. Um, Work hard. Use the time they give you to work the problems. You know, you'll see some people that finish super quickly and whatever. You know, good for them. Most people aren't like that. Use the time they give you and work the problems. Um, You know, time is a huge component of this exam. A lot of people get hung up on the time aspect of this. I only got six minutes per problem. I got to get through this as quickly as possible. You know, just use the time they give you. Slow down. Take a breath.
0: Yeah, just work the problems and take, you know, it's going to take as much time as, as it takes, you know. Um, use the time that they've give you, but just take, take enough time, um, to, and, and everybody needs a different amount of time, Isaac, for, for different types of problems. I mean, nobody works problems at the same speed, right? The same efficiency. And so, but just take the time that you need to get the right answer and just get it and then work on the rest of them as you go, you know, as they come. Okay and then lastly i think have a great attitude
1: um i we've seen people with bad attitudes that have been beaten down by this exam you know you can do this i promise you can do it if you're a repeat taker just keep registering for the next one don't slack off on your study efforts and you know don't don't look at that as a reflection of you as a failure it's just the learning process and jumping through these testing hoops so you can do it. Have a good attitude. Amen. Yeah. We're here to support Amen. you. So <laughs> if you ever get if you get any of you guys ever need help with anything, email Mark or myself, mark at civil engineering academy.com or Isaac at civil engineering academy.com. Also, if you need a full review course, we can definitely help you out with that. If you go to civil PE review course.com, go check that out. It comes with lecture modules, uh, practice problems, exams, support, Everything that you need to get this thing done and over with, we've helped people that have had to take this six, seven times. So it's good stuff. Go check it out. And like I said, we're here to help you. So, Mark, thanks for joining with me again. Hopefully these helped everybody. Yeah, thank you. It was a good
0: good time as usual.
1: Thanks, Isaac. All righty. We'll see you later.
0: See ya. Hey,
1: guys, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the show, we would love to have you. Email me at Isaac at CivilEngineeringAcademy.com. And if you need more tips, resources, anything to do with the FE, the PE, or anything to do with civil engineering, go check out CivilEngineeringAcademy.com. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.